Hey, welcome to Oasis Church. So glad you're joining us this morning. I'm Nate Clark, and I'm the lead pastor here at Oasis. Thank you for being with us. Hey, if this is your very first time tuning in, I want to say a special welcome to you. I want to say welcome home. Our vision here at Oasis is to help people see Jesus more clearly. And that's our prayer. That's our goal for you today is that you see Jesus a little bit more clearly. We'd love to help you do that. We would love to come alongside of you. If this is your first time, you can text the number on the screen. Our team would love to check in with you. We'd love to send you a free gift and help you take your next step in plugging in here to our community. Speaking of next steps, I'm so excited. Today at noon, right after service finishes, we've got our next steps class. We're gonna be doing it via Zoom. We've got all the the info is is, is in the description. If you're brand new, you're just checking out Oasis, you wanna know what it's about, you wanna know how you can plug into our church in this season, join Next Steps uh, today at noon. You'll be encouraged and uh, we would love to welcome you into the Oasis family. These last few weeks, we've been in a collection of talks that we've called Ordinary People, Extraordinary Power. And we've been walking through the book of Acts, looking at stories of ordinary people that get extraordinary power from God to do what it is God has called them to do. And I think in these days, more than ever, me and you as ordinary people, we need extraordinary help. We need extraordinary power from God to do what he's asking us to do. And so these last few months, we've been walking through the book of Acts and looking at the book of Acts as a church. And we're gonna continue that today in Acts chapter 27. So if you have your Bible, uh, get your Bible out. If you got your notepad, get your notes out, get your pen out, my note takers, my world changers today. We're gonna be looking at Acts chapter number 27. And if you're ready to read the word today, if you're ready to receive from the word today, drop some fire emojis in the comments below. Drop some praise hands in the comments below. Put some smiley faces in the comments below. I can't see your faces this morning, but I want to see some smileys below if you're ready to receive God's word this morning. Acts chapter 27. And, um, We're going to look at this story. Really, it's the whole chapter, but we're just going to read kind of pieces through it. We've got a lot of verses this morning, but I know you're ready for it. Acts chapter 27, I'm going to start in verse number 9. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and our own lives also. So Paul is kind of worried. He's like, guys, this is not a good trip. Call off the trip. It's going to be bad. We're going to take a great loss if we go on this trip. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, he followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter there, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both the southwest and northwest. So they kind of overrule Paul. They say, no, too bad. We're going to go anyway. So they set out to sea in spite of Paul saying, no, this is not going to be good. This is going to be bad. We need to stay here. We need to winter here in this port. Let's skip ahead to verse number 18. It says, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. We finally gave up 
all hope of being saved. And after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and he said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. This is like the classic I told you so. Paul's a little bit salty. Paul's taking his advantage to say, I told you so. But he doesn't camp out there. He doesn't stay there. Here's what he goes on to say. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. He's like, hey guys, let's, let's buckle down. Rise, rise up some courage in your heart because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, stood beside me and he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So he's like, guys, I got this word from God. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be saved. None of us are going to to die. We're all going to make it out of here. He's encouraging them in the middle of the storm. When daylight came, they did not know the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. So finally, they see some land. They see the shore. They're getting ready to stop and, uh, and get to some land. They cut loose the anchors. They left them in the sea. They said, forget those. We're getting to, this. We're getting to the land. At the same time, they untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion, he wanted to spare Paul's life and he kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and to get to land. They're making a mad dash for the shore. They're throwing everything overboard. They're jumping overboard and they're saying, hey, swim, just get to the ocean and, or to the, to the shore. And here's the final verse. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. It's a crazy story of the Apostle Paul as a prisoner to Rome with the soldiers and the other people in this boat, they're shipwrecked, they go through the storm, but they survive, they make it to shore, they make it to the beach. It's a crazy story of God's power, of a miracle of God saving them and and really getting his purposes accomplished in Paul's life. And here's what I want to talk to us this morning about from Acts chapter number 27. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down the title for this morning is this, a storm I didn't start. A storm I didn't start. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for our time around your word. And Lord, I pray that you would do what I cannot, and that is change your hearts and change our lives. Lord, I pray for the other person, for the person on the other side of this screen. Lord, I thank you that you know their name. I thank you that you know their story. And Lord, I pray today that you would speak to them through your word. Lord, may we not just watch a video today, but Lord, may we hear from you in Jesus' name. And if you're with me, somebody comment below. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's springtime. It's starting to get warm. We're headed through spring and we're headed right into summer. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the warmer weather. I'm excited about the summer. And with spring and with summer comes storms. 
right? It comes the rain, it comes the summer storms. And um, there's some people, you, like you guys love summer storms. There's some people you can't stand summer storms. Me personally, I'm not a big fan of storms right now because we got some trees near our house that kind of freak me out a little bit. But, uh, but for some of you, you love a nice storm in the summer. You love the heat lightning lighting up the sky. You love the rain. There's storm trackers, storm chasers. I don't understand those people. I don't know what's going through their head running after storms. But, but there's people that love them, people that hate them. And uh, if you love a physical storm or you hate a physical storm, you know, when me and you go through storms in life, when we go through a stormy season in life, everyone doesn't like it. There's, there's nobody that likes stormy seasons in life. There's nobody that likes to go through a season of trial, a season of storm, a season of rough terrain. Nobody likes to go through that in our life and throughout the scriptures we see a lot of pictures and a lot of scripture about physical storms that people go through like we look through here in Acts chapter 27 and a lot of these physical storms show us and give us lessons and give us insights to who God is and who we are in God as to how to navigate some of these storms in our lives and I'm not sure about you but just personally my frustration level varies depending on the storm. My frustration level can change depending on the storm and depending on what the storm is about. And maybe I'm not as spiritual as you this morning, but you know, there's some storms that I can't get too frustrated at and I can't get too mad at because how many know I cause some of my own storms? There are some storms in your life. There's some storms in my life that the reason we're in them is because we caused them. Like I, I can't be but so frustrated at a storm that I caused. Like even on just a minor level, just a funny little example, like if I'm cooking some burgers at my house, I'm cooking dinner and I'm flipping the burgers and I'm ready for this nice dinner and I'm cooking it up nice and I got the seasoning on it. How many know if I burn the burgers and I destroy the dinner, I can't be but so mad because I burned them. I can't be but so upset because I was the dude who messed it up. But to me, there's a whole nother level of frustration when I'm going through a storm that I didn't cause. Like if I'm going through the drive-thru to get a burger and I get the burger through the window and the burger is burned and messed up, how many know there's another level of frustration that wells up inside of me because I didn't cause that storm. I didn't cause that, like I was paying them for a good burger, they messed it up and just when I'm getting upset at the drive-thru window, the person in the window says, oh, great word, pastor, and the Holy Spirit just slaps me in the face with it, right? But I, I have another level of frustration in my own life when I'm in a storm or I'm facing a storm that I did not start. And what we have in Acts chapter 27 is we've got the Apostle Paul smack dab in the middle of a storm that he did not start. He is right in the middle of a storm that I would guess would just peak his frustration, would peak his disappointment. Why? Because he didn't start it. Not only did he not start it, but he tried to prevent it. Look in verse number nine and 10 that we read. It says, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement. This is talking about the calendar and the season in which the scriptures are talking. It's about to be the winter after the day of atonement. And so, 
It's already becoming dangerous. The seas, it's not sailing season. It's not the time where you get your boat and you set out for a journey. And the apostle Paul knows this. And he's telling the guys, he's, he's like, guys, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss. He's like, guys, I've been here before. I can see it. We actually know that the apostle Paul has been here before because in 2 Corinthians 11, he, he tells us he's been shipwrecked three times. So, so three other times, he's already suffered great loss. He's already been out when it's been dangerous. And so he knows, hey, this is not going to be good. And he's pleading with these guys. He's, he's pleading to the pilot, to the owner, saying, it's not the time to sail. This is not good. Let's not do it. But they ignore him and they continue on in their journey. How many know this would have been frustrating for Paul because now once they set to sea and once they encounter the storm and when things begin to get really real really quick, this has got to be frustrating. Why? Because he's in the middle of a storm he didn't start. It's in the middle of a storm that was not his choosing, but he was dealt this hand. This was put into his lap. And today, my assignment today on this Sunday morning is to talk to some people who are discouraged, to talk to some people who are tired, to talk to some people who are frustrated because you are living square in the middle today of a storm that you didn't start. You're living right in the middle of rustled, violent seas when just like Paul, you, you didn't choose this. It's the hand you were dealt. Your business was alive and thriving until you entered a storm that you didn't start. Your kids were excelling and making strides in school until we entered this storm that you didn't start. You were just starting to get ahead in your finances and practicing good stewardship until you lost your job because we're now in a storm that you didn't start. You and your spouse were at a great spot and now you're around each other all day, every day and uh, you're in a storm that you didn't start. There's some encouragement from the scriptures that I wanna give you today. If you find yourself in this season, just like the Apostle Paul, man, I'm in a storm that wasn't my choice. I'm in a storm that I didn't start. Here's some things I wanna encourage you with from God's word today if you're in a storm that you didn't start. The first thing is this, don't let your attitude about the storm affect your spirit in the storm. Do not let your attitude about the storm affect your spirit in the storm. If you allow your negative attitude about the situation to affect you into the situation, you won't have the faith to fight in the storm. If you allowed your attitude to affect your spirit in the storm, you won't have ears to hear God in the middle of the storm. If you allow your attitude to affect your spirit in the storm, you won't have the energy to endure in the storm. How many know Paul may have been frustrated, he may have pleaded, let's not go, but once he got in the storm, he got over that and he changed his spirit in the midst of it. We can't allow frustration about this storm and about the season to affect us in the middle of the season. Here was the mindset of Paul, and I love this. Once they set out to sea and once they got into the storm, here was the mindset of Paul. I didn't start it, but I can navigate it. 
I, I didn't start this storm, but I can navigate through it. I didn't put myself here, but I'm gonna see my way through it. I'm gonna have courage in it. I'm gonna hear God's voice through it. I didn't start it, but I can navigate through it. For some of you, you didn't start the storm or in, but you need to allow faith to rise up in your heart this morning and say, I didn't start this thing, but I can navigate through it. I didn't put myself here, but I know I can navigate through it. Look, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you respond to it. Me and you cannot control the hand we're dealt sometimes, but one thing we can always control, all of us, is we can control how we respond to the storm we're in, how we can respond to the hand that we're dealt. You can't control that your schedule has been upended, but you can lean into God and learn new things from him because of the new pace of this season. You can't control that your kids are stuck in the house all day, but you can use this extra time with them to strengthen relationships. You can't control that many things got slashed from your schedule in your life, but now you can be grateful for the simplicity that has helped you refocus on things that matter most in this season. You can't control that you lost your job, but you can use this season to lean on God as your provider and to learn to scratch and claw in new areas to use your gifts and use your talents in ways that you didn't even realize were available before. You may not have started this storm, but you can react how you respond to it. You may not control the hand you're dealt, but you get to say in the middle of the storm, I can navigate through it in Jesus' name. I can navigate through it in Jesus' name. So here's the question this morning. When we're in a storm, we didn't start. How do we navigate through it? How do we navigate ourselves like Paul did in Acts 27 through storms that we didn't start? And I've got three things, three points for you this morning, how to navigate through a storm you didn't start. I want you to write down number one. When you're in a storm you didn't start, you need God's word. When you're in a storm you didn't start, you need God's word. Once they get out to sea, once the storm starts to arise, here's, here's what Paul says. He says, after they had gone a long time without food, he stood up before them and he said, men, you should have taken my advice. Here's his, here's his again, I told you so moment, not to sail from Crete, then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss, but then he has a word from God in the middle of the storm. Here's what he says. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you be, will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and to, and to whom I serve stood beside me and he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So here's what he's saying. He gets up in the middle of the storm and he says, guys, I've heard from God. I've got a word from God. We are going to make it. None of us are going to suffer loss. Only the ship will be destroyed. So because of this, take courage. I believe God. I believe it'll come to pass. This is what he said. So take courage. Look, when God speaks, he speaks truth, but God doesn't just speak truth. God is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The language that God speaks 
is truth. So when you get a word from God, when we get God's word, when we get God's promises, what do we get? We get truth that we can count on. We get something that is sure, that is steadfast, that is reliable. We get the truth of God's word. In the middle of the storm, and I'm sure in the middle of the discussion and the opinions and the words of all of the crew, of all of the soldiers, of all of the sailors, he was listening to God's words. So my question for you this morning is whose words are you listening to? Whose words are you listening to? Because there's a lot of words going on around us. There's a lot of voices talking around us. So the question is, whose voice are you listening to? Man's voice is really loud, but God's voice is sometimes quiet. Man's voice will scream at you where God's voice, we have to seek it because he'll whisper. Whose voice are you giving more attention to in the middle of your storm? God's voice or man's voice. I'm telling you, in the middle of a storm, what we need, what Paul needed, what that whole crew of sailors needed was God's word to get them through, was God's word to give them courage, was God's word to give them faith. We need God's word. Look, I'm telling you right now, there's somebody, you're in a season that you didn't start, and I'm telling you, some, some fuel you need for your faith in this season is you need God's word. You need his promises. We need to begin to open up this book and hear what God has to say and see the truth that he's speaking over us so that we have something steadfast and secure to hold on to in the middle of our storm. Look, you can't gain courage from a promise that you aren't aware of. I want to say that again. You can't gain courage from a promise you're not aware of. So God can speak his promises through his word, but if me and you aren't getting God's word, we can't get courage like Paul did from a word we're not aware of. For us to get courage, we've gotta hear God's word. For us to hear God's word, we've gotta read God's word. Look, it's one thing to own a Bible, it's another thing to know the Bible. Even beyond that, it's one thing to know the Bible, it's another thing to apply the Bible, to apply God's promises and God's principles to our life. Look, I know where Chick-fil-A is. Come on, somebody. I know it's Sunday, and so you can't get Chick-fil-A, but just praise God, Monday's coming, and they're opening back up. I know where Chick-fil-A is, but look, I don't get blessed by knowing where Chick-fil-A is by Chick-fil-A. In order for me to be blessed by Chick-fil-A, I don't have to know where they are. I have to know where they are. I have to go. I have to drive through their drive-through, which by the way is incredibly efficient and impressive. And I have to go and, and actually get Chick-fil-A and partake in it for it to bless me. It's, it's one thing to know where it is. It's another thing to partake in it. And I'm telling you, when it comes to God's word in the middle of a storm, we don't just need to be aware that his word exists, but we need to digest his word. We need to partake in his word. We need to hold fast God's promises and God's word to give us courage in the middle of our storm. Look, here's something that's helpful in this season. I want you to write this down. I want you to watch the word and check the news. We typically do the opposite. We watch the news. We watch what everybody's saying. We grow fear. We grow anxiety in our hearts and our lives. We watch and fixate on news 
and then we just check the word. But I'm encouraging you in this season to watch the word, digest the word, fixate on the word, absorb the word, and check the news. Whose voice are you listening to? And I also love that when Paul got a word from God, I love that God's word did not make him lazy or apathetic, but actually it fired him up. Look, when he got that word from God, it did not cause him to step back and to be lazy now on board, but it did quite the opposite. It lit a fire in him. It lit a passion in his heart and, and he just gets to it. Look, here's something about God's promises that's true of our lives. God's promises should not make us careless, but courageous. Look, when we get God's word and we get God's promises, it should not cause us to become careless, but courageous. And, and he, here's why I'm saying that, because I think there's a train of thought out there when it comes to God's promises and God's word that says this. Well, if that's what God promised and that's what God said, then that's what God's gonna do. And so it doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter what I say, if God said it and God's going to do it, then I'll let God do it and I'm not going to be involved in it because God's going to do what God's going to do. But I'm telling you, that train of thinking is wrong. When Paul got a word from God, he did not go to the bottom of the boat and say, all right, well, it's time to sleep because God said we're all going to make it there fine and so it's not going to be a problem so we're just going to chill here and take a nap while we get through the storm. No, no, no. Paul did not become careless. Paul did not become apathetic. He did not become lazy. He got a word from God and he became courageous. He began to work. He began to lead. He began to help them navigate through the storm. Now he just had a new passion and a new perspective and a new expectation knowing as I work, as I lead, as I move through the storm, God's got us. We're gonna make it. We're going to get through this thing. It didn't make him careless, it made him courageous. And look, this is so applicable for my life and your life because in the middle of our season right now, God's word can help make us more courageous. Look, if you're going through this season, we know we've got a promise from God's word that he's with us. There's a promise from God's word for you this morning that God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. So look, you can hold fast to that promise and know, hey, in the middle of this pandemic, I don't have to live with an orphan spirit, but I can live with the spirit of sonship, knowing that if God cares for the flowers of the valley, God will care for me. I'm holding fast to God's promise and it's not making me careless, but it's giving me courage to know God has got my back. I'm moving forward with a different perspective. I know God's promise to refine me. I know God's promise to sanctify me, to be more like him. I know James tells us in the scripture that trials mature us and bring us to completeness. So now I'm holding on to God's word and God's promise. And now I'm facing a trial as a student, eager to learn and be molded by God because I know God's doing something to me. See, a word from God can change everything in the middle of the storm. You don't need man's word. Man's word is changing man's word is fragile man's word is frail but God's word stands forever and in the middle of a storm we didn't start we need a word from God if you know you need a word from God in this season say amen below say that's me I need a word from God in this season you're in a storm you didn't start you need a word from God number two is this number two when you're in a storm you didn't start 
remember who you are. Remember who you are. So let's ask a question this morning. Who was Paul before Acts 27? Well, Paul is an apostle. Paul was a leader that was changed by God. Paul was an encourager. Paul was an exhorter. Paul was a faith builder. Paul was an evangelist. Paul was a man of prayer. But now he's in a different situation. Now he's a prisoner of Rome. He's fighting for his life. He's fighting for the life of everyone else on the boat. So now, who is Paul? Well, now, Paul is a man of prayer. Paul is an evangelist. Paul is a faith builder. He's an exhorter. He's an encourager. He is a leader that was changed by God. He was an apostle. Notice, the situation changed, the circumstance changed, but who was Paul? He was the same guy. So the circumstances changed, but his calling did not change. The scene changed, but the story was the same. Paul, even though he was in a different scenario, he remembered who he was. He remembered his identity in Christ. Here's my encouragement to you this morning. In the middle of the storm, you didn't start. We need to remember who we are. Your identity in Christ is about who you are and who you're becoming. It's not about the circumstance you're in. I'm gonna say that again. Your identity in Christ is about who you are and who you're becoming. It's not about the circumstance that you're in. So your identity in Christ is not dependent on what's going on around you, but your identity in Christ is dependent on what's happening on the inside of you. So, so who are you in Christ? Who are you in Christ and what is your life about in Christ? Well, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the most high God. I'm a child of the king. Faith is my lens in which I've chosen to see this life through. Generosity is my privilege and I'm gonna live a generous, open-handed life. Who am I? Serving is my calling. I exist to serve those around me. Who am I? Community is my lifestyle. I refuse to live life isolated, but I, I lean into community. Who am I? I'm a lover of God. I'm a lover of God's word. I'm a man of prayer. That's who I am in Christ. That's what my life is about in Christ. So, so who am I in the middle of a storm? Even a storm that I didn't start. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the most high king. Faith is my lens in which I see everything in life generosity is my privilege. I want to live an open-handed, generous life. Serving is my calling. I live to serve those around me. Community is my lifestyle. I lean into other people and refuse to live in isolation. I'm a lover of God and a lover of his word. I'm a man of prayer. See, who I was 
out of a storm and who I am in a storm is the same. The, the situation has changed, but the calling is the same. In the middle of the storm, I need to remind myself, this is who I am. My outward circumstances have not changed who I am on the inside. It has not changed the identity that I have because of Christ. It has not changed the calling that I have in this life from God. We need to remember who we are. I might be on a new path, but I'm the same person. I might be in a new scene, but I'm living out the same story. I might have to try a new method, but I'm living in the same mission. I gotta remember who I am. Look, these last few weeks, we've had to do this as a church. When COVID-19 began and all of a sudden we couldn't gather together as a church again, we had to say as a church, whoa, 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 just because we can't come all together under one roof on a Sunday morning doesn't mean we cease to be the church. Now the gathering is a big part of what we do and that's a big part biblically of what the church looks like, but we still have a mission. We still exist to serve our city. Our vision is still to help people see Jesus more clearly. God's word can still get out. I know we're in a new scene, but we're still living the same story. We've still got the same calling. So, so now we've got a new method, but the mission is the same. We gotta remember who we are. Look, in your life, just remember back to the day you got saved. Just remember when your heart was overwhelmed with gratitude, when God opened your eyes to his good news and you accepted Jesus in your life and you were just so grateful to be a child of God. Think back to the very first time you ever shared Christ with somebody and you didn't care what they thought about you. You shared with such boldness because you knew God was so good and you wanted other people to have it and so you knew I'm called to share the good news and I don't care what people think about me. Think about the first time you shared the good news with someone. Think about the first time you gave your tithe back to God. Think about the first time you financially gave where it felt like a huge step of faith and you didn't understand how it was gonna work out, but you were trusting God in this area of your life and you saw God provide and bless because of it. Think back to all these spots back in your spiritual journey and remember this is who I am in Christ this is who God has made me to be this is who I'm called to be so although I'm in a storm I didn't start I can remember who I am and what I'm about it might look different now but I'm still called to the same mission I love that Paul was on the boat and he was still an evangelist. He was still a leader. He was still an exhorter, an encourager. He still heard from God. He still sought God. He was who he was. He remembered who he was even in the storm. Look, husbands, you're still called to love and to cherish your wife. Uh, I, I don't know how that looked for you a few weeks ago, but that's changed now. Here's how, here's how that looks in quarantine. Are you ready? Here's how that looks in quarantine. You better get your chip gains on and just do house projects all day. Come on, husbands, loving your wife in this season looks a little bit different. I don't know if I'm the only one. Quarantine has got me doing house projects until Jesus comes back. So uh, different method, same mission. Come on, husbands. I'm helping you out this morning. We got to remember who we are. Here's number three. I want you to write this down. When you're in a storm, you didn't start. You can arrive on broken pieces. When you're in a storm, you didn't start. You can arrive on broken pieces. The scene at the end of Acts 27 is absolutely chaotic, to say the least. 
They've been through the storm, totally shipwrecked. There's guys on the boat that have tried to escape. They tried to get their lifeboats and go, but Paul said, no, don't come back. You know, don't leave, you know, stay. And so the boat's falling apart. They had taken ropes and lines and tied them around to hold the boards together. They found land, so they're on their way to it in their shipwrecked boat. But on their way there, they hit a sandbar, get stuck. So now they're stuck out, and their only way to get to the shore is to swim. But the soldiers are scared to let the prisoners, who Paul was one of those, swim to shore because if they let him go and the prisoner got away, the soldier would be killed for letting the person they were guarding get away. And so they graciously let them swim back to shore. So you've got people swimming, you've got soldiers that are scared, you've got a destroyed boat, stuck on a sandbar, been through the storm. I'm sure people were injured, I'm sure people were tired, I'm sure people were frustrated, swimming back to the boat. And then verse 44 paints us this picture. We don't know if there were some people that couldn't swim. We don't know if there were some people that were injured so they weren't able to swim. But here's what verse 44 tells us. The rest were to get there, talking about the shore, they were to arrive on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. So there's a whole group of people on the boat that reached their final destination by floating on broken pieces of the ship back to the sandbar, back to the shore. And I'm just picturing this. I'm picturing the boat totally destroyed and I'm picturing them looking for scraps, looking for anything that they can get that can float. And so these guys are getting their boards, they're getting the pieces of the ship and they're floating back to shore. They made it on broken pieces. Now the journey was tougher than they thought, but they made it on broken pieces. They suffered way more loss than they thought they would, but they made it on broken pieces. And I just wonder today if God wants to encourage somebody watching this morning who in the middle of this season, you look around and you feel like your whole life is nothing but broken pieces. And you look at the new normal that we're all living in and you're looking at the different areas of your life and you've been shipwrecked, you've been tossed and turned by the waves, you've been beat up by the surf and your life looks like a bunch of broken pieces. And I just wonder this morning if God wants to encourage you in this, hey, begin to pick up the broken pieces. I, I know it doesn't look like a lot and I know like it, 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 it doesn't seem like it can get you anywhere, but here's what, here's what God can do through his power and his grace. He can bring you ashore even on broken pieces. He can bring you to shore even though you suffered way more loss than you thought. He can bring you to shore in what looks like a disaster and what looks like a failure. If you'll begin to pick up the broken pieces of your life, I'm telling you, by God's grace, you can arrive even on broken pieces. I wanna encourage you today, you're in a storm you didn't start. Get a word from God. Get God's word in your heart. Get God's promises in your life. You're in a storm you didn't start. 
remember who you are in Christ. And if you're in a storm you didn't start, take hope. Lift your eyes to the hills to see where our help comes from. Put your faith in God because He can bring you to shore on broken pieces. Look, I want to talk to somebody today. You're far from God and you're tuned in today. Maybe somebody shared it. Maybe you're just checking it out and you're watching this video. You're under the sound of my voice this morning and you're far from God. You, you realize that, that you are a sinner and you can't be the forgiver of your own sins. You can't be the leader of your own life. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus actually faced a storm he didn't start. Jesus went through a storm on the cross not because of any sin he committed, but because of the sin me and you committed. Jesus, just like Paul, went through a storm he didn't start. Why? So he could reconcile me and you back to God. Jesus came, he lived the life that you couldn't live. He died the death you deserve to die so that if we put our faith in him, we might be forgiven. If we put our faith in him, we might be reconciled back to God. And maybe I'm talking to somebody this morning, you know that that's you and God's speaking to you this morning and you know that you need to surrender your heart to Christ. I wanna pray with you this morning and our team wants to connect with you. There's info on the screen. You can text us and let us know that you made this decision. We'd love to encourage you. But if that's you this morning, I want you to close your eyes just, for, just right there in your living room, right there in your backyard with your AirPods on right there in your car as you're watching this. I want you to pray this in your heart. If you know you need Jesus today, say, Jesus, I thank you for coming to this earth and living the life I couldn't live and dying the death I deserve to die. I believe you're the son of God, that you came and you died and you rose again. And today I confess my sin to you and ask you to forgive me of my sins and be the Lord and leader of my life no turning back in Jesus' name. Now I wanna pray for everybody that's put their faith in Jesus already, that's in a storm today that you didn't start. I wanna pray God's word over you. For those of you that are gathering the broken pieces of your life and your faith right now, I wanna pray that God would encourage you, that he would bring you to shore even on broken pieces today. So Father, I pray for every brother and every sister that's tuned in today on the other side of this screen. And Lord, I thank you that you are gracious to us even in the storm. Lord, I thank you that you show us in the book of Acts, even to Paul in the storm. Lord, you spoke to him and you guided him and you protected him and you carried him through. And Lord, I'm just speaking those same things over our church family, over our community this morning. God, I pray that we would dig into your word in the middle of this season. Lord, I pray that you would remind us who we are in you. Lord, for those those of us that have forgotten who we are in you, Lord, remind us today of our identity in Christ. And Lord, I pray for those of us that feel like our life is a bunch of broken pieces today. Lord, would you give us the faith to begin to pick up piece by piece and to begin to float to where you want us to have. God, we know that you can bring us to shore. You can accomplish your purpose even with broken pieces. So Lord, we offer every broken piece of our life to you. We offer all that we have to you and say, do with it what you please. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the good news of Jesus. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.